This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 25th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. A new round of trading barriers are going up. China is again pledging to retaliate against a broader range of tariffs promised by the Trump administration. Where does this trade war end? And when will consumers begin to feel the pinch in the form of higher prices? And where? Cato's Simon Lester and Colin Grabo discuss the worsening trading relationship. When we look back on uh, pieces of legislation like the Smoot-Hawley Tariff Act, uh, which, you know, is is trotted out every single time by free traders anytime we want to point out the negative effects of tariffs, but those were thousands of line items of individual items to which uh, on which tariffs would apply. This seems like a fairly narrow range of products. Is that right? So far, it's a much narrower range of products. Yeah, the, in the days of Smoot-Hawley, you had Congress just setting tariffs completely on its own, and every few years they would, you know, make adjustments and raise them or lower them. And Smoot-Hawley was a, a instance where they raised all of them at once. What we're dealing with today is a little bit different. You have uh, Congress delegating a certain uh, trade authority to the president. And uh, under two specific pieces of legislation, the president has the authority to raise tariffs uh, for specific reasons. And that's what we're dealing with here, sort of targeted tariffs. Um, You know, it's not every tariff across the board, but it is sort of an escalating amount of tariffs. Um, Some of the numbers being thrown around by the president in tweets and elsewhere are getting pretty high. So we're not at all, you know, we're not at the the place where we're putting tariffs on all imports, but it's it's a rising number, so it is a reason to be concerned. We're not at Smoot Hawley levels yet, but but it's getting kind of bad. What's interesting is the, the the sort of the counterintuitive nature of how a lot of these tariffs uh, operate. Uh, if you put a tariff on uh, raw materials, then you can freely import materials that are partially finished or fully finished. And so for downstream producers that take in those raw materials in the United States and would otherwise be engaging in a broad range of manufacturing with those items, a lot of that production ends up uh, being strongly incentivized to move offshore. Yeah. Uh, the Yeah. So what... what... When we, when the president, the president has discretion in imposing the the tariffs the way he's doing it, and so the the choice they've been trying to make is, well, do we impose these on finished consumer goods, or do we impose these on, um, you know, in, imported products, products that are used to to make other goods here in the United States, and. In the short term, they've chosen uh, to avoid the consumer products. I think they don't want to make it too obvious to consumers what they're doing. But the result of that is that they're actually harming U.S. businesses who import raw materials and other inputs uh, to make products here in the United States and, as a result, perhaps steering production overseas. Now, as we go down uh, the road and more tariffs come into for- uh, come into play, um, some of those will have to be on consumer products because you know eventually we'll run out of these intermediate inputs and raw materials to to put tariffs on. And at that point, um, that problem will be solved in a sense because we'll just be putting tariffs on on everything. But for now, uh, yeah, the the way the Trump administration has approached this is it it will actually have a negative impact on a lot of U.S. businesses who rely on inputs for their production. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you look at the the list of uh, items that the Trump administration has proposed tariffs on from China, it's intermediate goods, um, machinery, for example, uh, uh, 
parts for airplanes, so things that are used in the supply chain. And they actually um, they changed the list from earlier this year when they first talked about the $50 billion, and they withdrew, for example, I believe televisions, which is you know consumer good. But as Simon indicated, you can only play that game for so long. And if Trump is serious about the $200 billion and the other $200 billion, there's no way around uh, consumers getting directly impacted by this. All right. So uh, what has China promised to do? China said they're going to retaliate in the same amount. Whatever tariffs we impose, uh, they're going to impose the same tariffs. And so the initial set of uh, tariffs on on China under Section 301 is going to be in the amount of uh, $34 billion of of imports. And China says, well, that's fine. We're going to impose tariffs on $34 billion of your imports. And you know, at a certain point, because the U.S. imports more than 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 China does from China, than China imports from the U.S., China will run out of tariffs to, <laughs> to have goods to impose tariffs on. Uh, what most people expect, though, is if that happens, they will start, uh, you know, cracking down on U.S. businesses that that operate in China, or they might uh, stop protecting U.S. intellectual property uh, beyond what they're already uh, not doing. Um, so. Basically, China said, we're going to match whatever you do, you know, dollar for dollar in some form. Yeah, exactly. The The calculus uh, seems to be on the Trump administration's part that they can play this game longer than, than China because there are more goods to slap uh, tariffs on. But as Simon noted, uh, these two economies are inextricably linked. Um, U.S. firms have operations in China that China uh, can harass through regulatory and other measures and make life very difficult for them. So this idea or this calculus that um, the U.S. has an advantage or asymmetrical advantage here because of our disproportionate amount of imports from China, I I I think that that's um, not really well thought out. I want to take uh, one comment uh, seriously from Wilbur Ross, and and that was a comment that he made recently that uh, we are seeing price increases uh, for certain goods, I believe he was referring to steel and aluminum, that are over and above the actual amount imposed by the tariff. And he says, so a lot of this is not, in fact... Uh, being caused by the tariff. It's being caused by people who aren't playing ball, that uh, people who are uh, not being good good citizens, in a sense, corporate citizens in terms of, of their production. Could you, uh, you know, just, just evaluate his comment? I think it's pretty natural for uh, people in the market to try to take advantage of government distortions of the market. Um, you can complain about it. You can criticize it. But it shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, yes, you know, if 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 the government steps in and distorts markets, uh, people will look for opportunities to exploit that. Uh, this is this is a feature, not a bug. This is this is not surprising. This is what we expect to happen when the government gets uh, distorts markets this way. So uh, his assumption is that, well, the price will go up by exactly the amount of tariff. Perhaps we'll see some uh, efficiency gains somewhere along the way and that, that the the price will not go up by the entirety of the tariff or certain group certain groups will absorb the pr- cost of the tariff. But he just doesn't understand how these things work. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that that may have been his assumption, but I think he's learning a lesson in, in, in how things operate in the real world. Look, I mean, we don't know exactly for every tariff how much is going to be passed through the, through the consumer. It depends on a lot of things. 
Um, you know, we can't say that a, a 25% tariff will mean a 25% price increase. It could mean a 10% at 15%, or it could mean 30% or 35%, um, just depending on on how market actors re- react to this. Um, you know, it's it's just it's difficult to make sort of general proclamations. Uh, if if his assumption was the 25% tariff would mean about a 15 or 20% uh, price increase. All right. Well, he's learning, and you know, maybe maybe in the future this will affect how they they think about these things. I, I don't know of any. I haven't heard of any suggestion for how somebody could step in and prevent uh, speculators from from doing this sort of thing. Um, hopefully, we won't get more experience with this, and so you know, hopefully, we don't learn too much about this. But you know, maybe that's his idea. But I think that's a little bit naive. Yeah, I, I just think that he's trying to to shift blame here. Uh, these these prices go up. Um, people logically point the finger at the government, and he wants to redirect the blame to profiteers and, and other bad actors, alleged bad actors within the marketplace. It's just classic deflection. But this is, I mean, the the tariffs, the threat, even the threat of tariffs, which uh, Donald Trump has been talking about since the mid '80s, uh, in terms of uh, what his preferred trade policy would be. In the, in the '80s, it was the Japanese buying up New York real estate that I think he had a problem with, but. Um, you know, it, you the uncertainty that was created well before these tariffs were in place was borne out by price increases at the time. Correct. I, I, you know, it's 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 very interesting that you bring up uh, the example of Trump and Japan in the 1980s. Uh, I think this really shows what a dyed-in-the-wool protectionist he is, or at least his instincts um, are. This is a guy who sells real estate for a living, and yet he was very upset about the fact that people from another country wanted to buy the good he was selling. Or the product he was selling. No, but you're right that the threat of tariffs itself can lead to price distortions and speculation. You know, you would have thought that you know when 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 we saw steel prices going up even in advance of the tariffs being applied, the Wilbur Ross and the Trump administration would have been clued in to the fact <laughs> that you know the 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 way that government distortions can affect prices. But they they still seem surprised or or want to act surprised. And as Colin said, they want to deflect blame but i mean there's no one else to blame except that except the people who imposed the tariffs you know that that's what did it that's what caused the price increase and you know you can argue about how uh you know people in the in the in the private market reacted and how you know that contributed to the problem but it all it all derives from the initial decision to impose the tariffs that's the cause here in what ways have consumers seen uh, the the prices of, of finished goods go up, and uh, where are we likely to see that in uh, six months or a year? Well, so for for now, the only U.S. tariffs in effect are the steel and aluminum ones. Um, the the all, the wide range of tariffs that are going to be imposed on Chinese products are not in place yet. That's July six. So all we have right now to look at is steel and aluminum, and we can look at. Um, the markets for those goods, and you know, you and I don't normally go to the the store and you know buy a cup of steel, so we're not going to see it directly. But if you look at the the price indexes for steel and aluminum, you see those prices going up. Um, those will those prices will factor will filter down into products like automobiles or soup cans that Wilbur Ross keeps uh, pointing to um, over time over a period of uh, you know a few weeks or months you know we'll start to see that when the uh, when the the tariffs on Chinese imports go into effect July 6th if they do I mean hopefully they can figure out a way around this that's a much wider range of products um, and so you know 
you know, one, one example there would be farming equipment. So if, if tractors uh, suddenly cost more for farmers, their costs go up, you know, it, it, it'll filter, it'll filter through to consumers over time, but it's just, it's going to, you know, it's going to take a while and it's going to depend on which product we're talking about. So in the coming weeks and months, we'll start to see this a bit more. Yeah, Simon said this is going to filter through the economy. Um, we already have the steel and aluminum tariffs. Uh, Wilbur Ross likes to talk about, well, if you buy a car, you know, this is only going to push up the cost 1%. Well, you know, 1% of something that costs tens of thousands of dollars, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000, you know, that's not um, a small amount for many consumers. Um, and then when we talk about Chinese goods, uh, we're talking about intermediate goods on July 6th mostly. Uh, for example, uh, machinery for the textile industry. So it's more expensive to make clothing. Uh, eventually, that will filter down to consumers. And then if Donald Trump follows through on his threat to impose uh, another $200 billion worth of tariffs, 10% um, uh, tariffs on those $200 billion worth of goods, then you're going to include a lot of uh, consumer goods. And so we're going to see a direct correlation, I think, between uh, prices for electronics, for televisions, uh, and, and the tariffs. And so I think, you know, we're looking at, you know, so, some of that will be eaten probably by uh, retailers, but some of it will be passed along to consumers. There's also an investigation going on similar to the steel and aluminum ones on auto imports. And if they decide to impose uh, tariffs on auto imports, well, then, you know, consumers are going to feel that one pretty directly as well. Now, hopefully, you know, there's there's time to avoid that. We don't have to go down that road. But but if, if all the tariffs they've promised or talked about are going to go into effect, consumers will see it just about everywhere they look. Simon Lester and Colin Grabo are trade policy analysts at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.